Welcome to the Matthew Dark Show, where hypocrisy meets accountability. If you don't think Hillary Clinton was guilty of election fraud, we got to get you an IQ test tomorrow. We got to get you scheduled ASAP. Remember the great lie of weapons of mass destruction? Does it remind you at all of the great lie that if we lose Ukraine, democracies all over this world crumble? Sit back and enjoy or call in and get involved. What is one thing the government is great at? It's lying to the face of the American people and doing it without blinking. They are fantastic at that. This current administration takes the cake. Ladies and gentlemen, it's showtime. So rise up right now and get with the program. Now here's your host. Take it away, Matthew. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome in. Welcome aboard. This is the Matthew Dark Show, KLZ 560, this Wednesday July the 5th, hoping everybody had a fantastic, wonderful 4th of July. I know we did. I hope you got to spend time with those you love. We just want to give praise to God. All glory goes to God on this show. We thank him for the moment. We thank him for our guests, and we always pay, pray protection over each and every one of our guests that we have on this show. Very special guest this morning, and of course, text lines open all hour. That's 720-999-9493. So simply get your questions, get your thoughts on air, wishing you all back from a it's always strange when it's in the middle of the week like that because you feel like you want to settle in for a long weekend and you're not. You're right back at it, and here we are. But we're so glad to have our guest, Rustin Hughes, is with us this morning. Now, let me just set the tone here because if any of you had a chance to go to the Naturally Inspired uh, Health Summit, now that's Tammy Garcia's from the Naturally Inspired Health uh, Podcast that was just a couple of weeks ago, really, just a week and a half ago or so, up in Loveland. Uh, and by the way, folks, we have all the Dr. Peter McCullough slides from that show. So if you are seeking those, email the show. Uh, the show connect at the matthewdarkshow.com we will get you those slides he said they are free to use he wants us out there with them he wants you the public educating yourself telling a friend passing it on doing all that stuff but it was at that event i had a chance to meet mr rustin hughes now of course he is uh, the founder runs be bold adaptive living that's be bold adaptive living.com you can go to that website right now and get so much on their story you can also check out their social they got a great social page uh, it's a great found organization for social media for videos there's a lot of interactive stuff rustin i want to welcome you into the show sir thank you so much the story is great we'll let you get into it first i want to know did you have a chance to celebrate the fourth did you have a good day yesterday sir so um i did i got to spend it with uh, my wife um one thing i don't like about the independence day yes. is that everything comes from china that's true and all of our fireworks come from China. So I boycott fireworks. Amen. I, I boycott pretty much anything that has to do with China and our Independence Day. Okay, I love that. I love that because if you look at these, and these are thousands and thousands of dollar Chinese fireworks coming. The uh, one thing you got to hand it, the Chinese have mastered and have absolutely monopolized the field of fireworks. You cannot get an American-made fireworks. It's not going to happen anywhere. So I commend that, and I thank you for that. Now, I want to start kind of right there because you're a veteran, sir. And so I want to thank you for your service first and foremost. So Independence Day, meaning a little bit different for those that have put on a uniform, served and seen what it looks like all over this country. Let's just start there as a service member. And I think, folks, as you get to know this story, uh, there's been tremendous 
loss in your life that has shaped you for this very moment today. Bring us back here to your time as a service member, your leg, your journey. Let's get right into it. It's inspirational. It's impactful. Go ahead, sir. Uh, thank you. Uh, first of all, thank you for having me here. Yes, sir. Um, uh, so I uh, graduated high school and I was born and raised in North Platte, Nebraska. Right on. Uh, really great place to come from and even better place to leave. <laughs> I was uh, I was in, you know, I was in some trouble. Uh, I, I just needed to get out of that town. Um and my friend was already enlisted into the army and he was like, Hey, come down and talk to this recruiter with me. Mm. And he showed me the video of the M one, a one tanks. And I was hooked. Nice. And I was like, that's exactly what I want to do. Uh, um, I went after graduation, went to basic training in Fort Knox, Kentucky. And then I was stationed in, uh, Vilsack, Germany, uh, my first duty station, which was amazing to be, 19 years old and on your way to a free trip to Europe. Yes. Um, we got deployed at that time. Uh, we were in uh, the former Yugoslavia, and we were sent to uh, the former Yugoslavia Republic of Macedonia, the southern part of the former Yugoslavia. Okay. And we were on a peacekeeping mission, which was completely different than anything that we've ever done. And we were also dismounted which was completely different than anything that we've ever done. Um, I, I didn't agree with what we were doing there because it was to observe, monitor, and report. Yeah. Uh, even to the point where like, we had our magazines duct taped shut nice. when we went on patrols. Yeah. Um, our first reaction to if we ever came on to fire was to pop smoke and run. Mm. Um, I was like, it was just uh, completely out of our normal training mm -hmm. and yeah. really confusing too. Um, you know, I did my time. I got out of uh, the army in uh, 1997 um, and I moved to Lincoln, Nebraska. Okay. Uh, there I met uh, my, uh, a girl named Brandy. Um, you know, we kind of started talking and then I had it in my head. I wanted to move out to Colorado. I, I loved the mountains when I was at in Germany, you know, like I snowboarded all the time. I wanted to get to the mountains. Yeah. So I moved out to Colorado and she eventually came out and we were, I was too immature to have, uh, a, a serious girlfriend like that. Um, so we had kind of, uh, parted ways. She went back to uh, Lincoln and got her uh, degree in speech pathology. Um, and we kept in touch. You know, we, um, uh, you know, talked every now and again. I got a phone call from her uh, one day, just kind of randomly, um, that she had told me they had found a brain tumor mm. uh, and that, that she was going to have to have uh, surgery like in a, within a week and the weekend was coming up and I asked her if I could just drive back to Nebraska and hang out with her. Um, I went, we hung out that weekend. Uh, she had her surgery the following week. Um, and then I just kind of just kept driving back on the weekends, you know, it was, yeah. uh, 
Uh, so from Fort Collins to Kearney, Nebraska, was like a five hour, yes. five and a half hour drive. Yeah. And so I was going there Friday nights and then leaving Sunday and then coming back. And, um, you know, she went through uh, another brain surgery in that time. Um, I, uh, I ended up proposing to her. We got married. Um, we went on our honeymoon. And the day that we got back home from our honeymoon, uh, her mom was waiting for us at the house and let us letting us know that she had to go in for a third brain surgery mm. uh, within that week. Um, she ended up having four uh, brain surgeries in her time, um, numerous rounds of chemo and radiation, uh, pretty much anything that they could have thrown at this, they threw at it. Um, it was, you know, to a point where uh, they they really couldn't do anything more with mm. it or for it. And uh, she passed away. Uh, we're coming up on, uh, it was July, uh, July 12th, 2012. Um, at that time, you know, I was... I was mad mm. and because in my, in my head, I had it that we were going to be, you know, we were going to be together for a long time. Yeah. And, you know, after her passing, uh, I, I was lost. Um, I traveled around a little bit just to kind of, you know, I don't know why I just, I traveled around. I went to go see some family members and, um, a really good friend of mine, Ryan Schultz, he has a gym here at Fort Collins mm -hmm. and, uh, he invited me, uh, to, to stay at his house, house with his family, him and his wife. And you know, just until I could get my mind right. And, and I, I needed that. Uh, I, I needed a kind of, Kearney, Nebraska isn't where I was from. Um, so to, to stay there in the house was just really hard. Yeah. Um, because everything like had her on it. And uh, so I, I, I moved in with Ryan and his family. And, you know, I really thought about like what, what it meant to be happy and like what, makes me happy and i love like i love to cook and yeah. i loved on sundays we called it god's day and that's where um, i was a uh, mma coach and competitor sundays were my days of of cooking food i i loved how you know like food would fuel the body um yeah. And Sundays were my day of just like cooking big meals and having people come over. And um, so I, I looked into culinary school and I found a really uh, a perfect fit in Boulder. It was at the Escoffier in Boulder. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I I graduated uh, at the top of my class. Um, I went out to Key West for my internship and, you know, I had a really amazing yeah. time out there. I learned a lot. I learned even like 
I didn't want to get into the whole restaurant business. Like right. it's so cutthroat and the amount of knowledge that I had, I wasn't getting paid for. Right. You know, uh, so I, I really wanted to focus on, on helping people cook for themselves, bringing for me, like I grew up in the eighties and we seemed like we always ate dinner at the dinner table. Yes. And that's a lot of the problems were solved were at that dinner table. And I wanted to bring families back to the dinner table and have, everyone a part in that cooking process because i think when you cook something you take pride in that and it it that's what we should be looking at food as even to the point of like having our own gardens and raising our own food um and so after graduation you know i had all these plans to to do like a private chef and then even getting into like a little bit of a food truck um then uh, at this time, I have um, I've been dating uh, Britta. She's my new wife now. I've been dating her uh, just about a year, maybe a little less than that. And we had gone to we we're going to Red Rocks for a concert just to kind of celebrate everything. And I had this pain in my right leg that I just thought that was like a old muscle or like a nerve, a pinch nerve or something like that. And on this particular day, it was really acting up. And what it really felt like is I had almost like uh, concrete in my leg. My leg was full of concrete. Mm. And I'm just dragging this thing. And it it was, I couldn't walk very fast. And we get to our seats. And I thought, you know, like after the concert, having a couple beers and the gravity going back down would be a little bit easier getting to you know, where our car was parked at and it was even worse. And so the next day, um, we were in Lakewood at a farmer's market and I got stuck in the middle of it and I could not move. And it was to the point where Britta was like, I'm going to go get the car, but I'm taking you to the emergency room. Mm. And I was like, no, you're not taking me to the emergency room. And she's like, that's the only way I'm getting the car. Mm. And so I was just like, fine. And we went to the, I, and this is how everything works out. I had just got approved for my VA benefits, like oh. the day before. Wow. Um, and so now we go to the VA emergency room and I'm thinking they're just going to like, listen, dude, like you got to pull the muscle. Right. Like, here's an aspirin. <laughs> yeah. And the, I'm telling them what's going on and they get me into, uh, start doing all their scans and stuff and they're doing an ultrasound on my leg and the girl that's doing the ultrasound she's like i'm not supposed to tell you this but you have a really big blood clot in your artery mm. and to me i'm like oh, okay cool you know like what does that mean right and thinking like you know here's a pill you know like it's not that big of a deal and so they go and they give the results to the doctor. The doctor comes back and he's just like, listen, dude, like you've got a really big blood clot in your artery and we're going to take you into ICU and we're going to try to get this out. But, and what's really like looking back on it, he was so honest with me, but he was just like, you're probably going to lose your leg and you're going to be on blood thinners for the rest of your life. Mm. And I'm just like, wow. <laughs> like, what yes. did you like? Did you repeat that, please? Yes. Because it sounded like when I'm looking up amputation, and it's just like that's what I thought that that meant. You know, right. like 
Wow. I mean, everything is just, I'm numb at this point. I don't really, it's like a dream. And I remember like getting pushed to our ICU room, just kind of like, you know, I was like, is this real? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, so they're going to go in and they, they go into my artery on the opposite side and they, they have like, I was a plumber before, so I kind of relay it, relate it to sure. like plumbing terms. So they were going to basically rotor rooter my leg right. and then put some liquid Drano down right. there as yeah. well. Right. And the first day they weren't able to do anything. Um, so they, they wake me back or when I wake up, they're like, listen, you know, uh, we weren't able to do anything. We're going to kind of keep you on this, uh, heparin drip a clot buster thing mm -hmm. and we're going to go in we're going to be a little more aggressive the next day and so they go in and um i just like i remember waking up on the table and it feels like everything below my waist is on fire like mm. almost like someone put gas on me wow and they are like removing some i don't really know like what they're doing and they look at me and they're like you need to lay back down and i'm like i can feel this and at that point, everything gets like really slow motion and like the nurse, I can see her, she's running. And then mm -hmm. she puts this shot in my arm and I'm out. The next thing I remember, they, and this is the way I remember it. I don't know if it's the way that it was, but it was like they had my bed jacked up as high as it could go, almost like where I was eye to eye level with people that were standing up. Mm -hmm. And I wake up and they're like, there's nothing that we can do. You know, like here's here's a really big bottle of oxycodone, and here's a really big bottle of blood thinners. We'll see in six weeks. Wow. Um, at that time, I'm like, just, I'm in shock. I think um, the hospital was the last place I wanted to be at. Like, mm -hmm. I was so sick and tired of the smell of a hospital. Yep. The the layout of a hospital. Um. Brandy had dealt with her cancer for 11 years and it was 11 years of hospital visits. And that was like the last place I wanted to be at. Um, I want to stop you right there for our listeners. Our guest is Rustin Hughes. He is the owner of Be Bold Adaptive Living, BeBoldAdaptiveLiving.com. And I want to just bring us up to speed here. You've gotten out of the military. You've sort of found a life. You've already lost your first wife through in and out. And this was 11 years, her journey. Did I get that right on the brain cancer? Okay. Yeah. So you're in and out for 11 years. It's 2014 and boom, out of nowhere, you're coming home from a concert thinking there might be a problem with my leg. We've got to get this. And then the news, I mean, this is almost like a, like a death, an immediate family member. I mean, this is a death again. This is a part of you. You're laying in the hospital with this news Take it from there so our listeners really know what this, I mean, because the mind, the mind is just spinning like what has just happened. And so my girlfriend, Britta, has two daughters, and we just felt like to be fair for everybody that I probably needed to separate myself. And I went back home to stay with my parents mm. for the six weeks so I could come up with my next steps. Um. At that time, I just had one question is that sometime in my life, am I going to lose my leg? That's the only question I have for the doctors. Um, and I, like, I had one responsibility that I thought that I had to do. And I had, a, I had an Alaskan Malamute 
and he needed to be walked and I couldn't walk him. So my job was to take him to the dog park. And usually is that's when I started getting into the, the oxycodone. Cause I, I, all I wanted to do is like, I didn't want to feel anything for the next six weeks, basically. And the docs are saying if this heparin doesn't break down this blood clot, you're coming back in six weeks to remove this leg. Is that the series of events? Um, it's it's to figure out what we're going to do. Okay. And um, and again, just I was blown away by what the first doctor, ER doctor, had told me that. It, and he was prior service, and he, I appreciated his honesty because um, he told me straight out, "You're going to lose your leg at some point in your life. As big as that blood clot is, so at some point in your life, you're going to lose your leg." Mm. Um. So I just really abused my oxycodone at that time and any other pill that they gave me. It was just like I had one job that was to walk my dog. And once he was done, I was just like, I can just, you know, not be a part of this world anymore. And so the, the time comes for me to go to my appointment and like I didn't even. I didn't even sit down. I just, I walk into the little place and I go, listen, I got one question for you and one question only at some point in my life. Am I going to lose my leg? And the guy kind of like, I think I really kind of surprised him. Um, Cause he was just kind of like, he had, he had no other answer to give me, but the real straight up answer. And he was just like, yes, you're yeah. probably going to lose your leg at some point. And I was like, let's do it then. Like, I don't like, yeah. I've already seen the road that I'm going down with this oxycodone thing. And I don't want to wait a year. I don't want to wait two years. I don't want to wait three years because I don't know what kind of shape I'm going to be in. And I know that like right now I'm in really good shape. And if I got to learn how to walk again, I would rather do it now than however long in the future. Wow. That's incredibly wise thinking, seeing exactly right there, that fork in the road. You've got a path to still salvage a life, drug-free and without a leg, than this sort of false hope that you'll escape every day, hang on to this leg that you know is not going to be with you. That is incredibly wise thinking. Do you ever go back to that moment and be like, well, how did I have, I mean, how did you have that kind of resolve in you to have that wisdom at that moment and that kind of despair? That's, That's very impressive to me. Well, I think that a lot of it was, again, being in the hospital was the last place I wanted to be at. Like, I I despised being there. Yeah. And I wanted to know straight up, like, don't lie to me. Don't give me no... Right. Don't give me no crap. I want to know the straight up answer. Tell, t- Talk to me like you would be talking to your nephew. Right. And that's what I told him. I was like, talk to me like I'm a relative of yours. Tell me straight up like what you would do right now. Yeah. Because I have no clue. Right. Because, and, and then they try to give me these other options. Oh, we could do a bypass. And again, uh, being a plumber, I was like, you're going to try to bypass what? Like, right. They showed me how long the clot was. And it was basically <laughs> from my knee to my hip. Wow. I was like, you're not bypassing that. Um, right. And then so there, they came up with, we're going to do a below-the-knee amputation on August 21st. And, you know, I treated, I treated it like a fight camp. Um, I had about six weeks from that moment till August 21st. And 
I told myself every day that I woke up that I'm on this day, I'm going in to have a, uh, my leg amputated. Every morning I wake up and say that. Uh, same way that I would have a fight. I would wake up every morning and tell myself that I had a fight on this day. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of like this mental preparation because I believe that your mind is ready. It'll, the body will follow. Amen. And so, and like I was sitting there thinking about all these one-legged exercises I could do. And so, I mean, I think what it really helped me do is just keep my mind off of the negative and focus on like this rehabilitation and what that's going to look like. And, um, and going through the first surgery, you know, like I, I go through it, come out. Um, and to be honest, like I just, I did not like the way that it looked. Um, right. but I guess who would, right. and, and I had a lot of pain and I just assumed that it was part of the deal. Like you just had your leg cut off. You're probably going to be in a little bit of pain. Um, I turned 40 two weeks after the first amputation. Uh, we went, my parents came from Nebraska. My sister and her family came out from Iowa, my brother from Nebraska. And we had this birthday party up at Estes Park. And everyone at the hospital knew that I was going to Estes Park. And that was probably the worst thing that I could have done, that elevation gain. Yeah. Um, lack of oxygen. Um, the pain was just out the roof. Ugh. We went to the emergency room and I still had stitches in my legs and like the ER doctors are looking at me like, like <laughs> what? Wow. Like what is like, you need to go. And then, you know, of course they found out I was a VA patient and they're like, you need to go back to the VA. We'll, we'll give you a little bit of, uh, I think they gave me a shot of morphine to take care of the pain, but they're like, you need to get back to the VA. Mm. Um, and so I go back and, um, they, the doctor comes in and I'll never, he had like a, one of those big Q-tips about that big and he buries it right into my incision. And like, <sighs> I about went right out the roof. It, like, it hurt so bad. And he looks at me and he's like, we got to get you into surgery. And I looked at him and I said, well, I'm on blood thinners and there's a, there's a weak protocol to wean me off of the, the blood thinners. And there were these Lovenox shots in my stomach and I had to do them twice a day. And it was probably the worst. I have an anxiety of, of needles and I've got to give these shots to myself in my stomach. And wow. like, I don't have a lot of, a lot of, uh, cause they say you just grab fat and, you know, like punch it in there. And I was like, I don't have a lot of fat on my, on my stomach. Yeah. They would welt up and there, there would just be these black and blue welts all over my stomach. And, um, and so September 11th is the day that we go in and they, they tell me that we're going to clean out your, your leg with a possibility to amputate it. And, and this, is, this is like right before they're getting ready to put me under. And they're saying, do you want us to wake you up if we have to amputate your leg? And I'm looking at them like, I don't remember talking about this amputation, right. but like, ah, no, I don't want you to wake me up to, to tell me that you're going to have to cut my leg off to then put me right back under. Right. Um, and, and again, like I was like, like they're crazy. I'm not going to lose, like you're done cutting right. on me. Um, so they go in 
and this is what's really weird too is like I, I i wake up from the second surgery and there's nobody around me and i'm just trying i'm still kind of like what where am i at what happened because i'm in the middle of this hallway like right in front of the elevator but no one's around and and then i kind of i remember like oh yeah you were going to have surgery and then i look underneath the sheets and i realize that my leg is gone and then i just in my head i'm trying to bend my knee and it's it, there's no knee to bend and wow. i'm freaking out like i uncontrollably freaking out and <sighs> they push me past the waiting room where my whole family is and i'm like screaming bloody murder go into the the hospital or my my room and this is the va the old va that was on like colorado and ninth so it was an older building and mm -hmm. i had uh i had two roommates they bring me out of surgery and i have two roommates and uh they were yelling at me to be quiet and i'm yelling back at them that i'm gonna kill them <laughs> and i mean i'm just i'm out of control and yeah. It, it took a long time for me to to settle down because I, I honestly I I did not think that I was at, and what's really funny is all the nurses are like you know when I was a below the knee they're like oh you're so lucky you're a below the knee amputee you know when you lose that knee joint that's when things get real hard you know and the, they wow. kept saying like you're so lucky that you're a below the knee amputee and now you know like three weeks later I see those same nurses and I'm an AK uh, above the knee yeah and uh, I'm looking at them like. You know, like yeah, I'm not so lucky wow. no more. Yeah. Man. Um and that's where I had this really coming to God moment, to be honest with you. Like I, I, I wasn't I was never I didn't really know anything about God or Jesus or anything. And yeah. at that it, it's this moment too, it's cause kinda of like I'm sitting in this bed. And the light's shining down on me, and it's just like, I've had everything that I can take at this point, and I decide that I'm going to pray. Mm. And, I, and it wasn't a, a prayer that, I, um, that I've ever done before. It was, a, it was a, I was talking to him like he was a good friend of mine, and I was mad. And I was just like, listen, I don't know how much of this I can take. Show me a way, give me a path. Kind of like show, show me that there's something from this because after losing my wife and then going through two amputations within three weeks, it was like, I don't know how much more yeah. I can take. Um, and that's where everything really started to change. Um, I, I met in the VA, they have a rec therapy department and I met uh, the rec therapist there and she was telling me about a, a organization called Adaptive Adventures and they're out of Lakewood and they, they help veterans. Um, and I don't even know how this idea came about, but I was just like, I want to ride a bike from uh, Denver to Omaha. Yeah. And and it was, you know, I, I again I, I don't know how this idea even came came up. Um and then so they started helping me kind of like plan the logistics and getting a uh, hold of some people that could help navigate some of this stuff. 
Um, and I, and then I got a, a bike and I realized that I'm not a very good bike rider <laughs> and not having a leg even made it worse. Sure. But, but then I found that the VA, if veterans qualify, they, they can get an adaptive cycle. And so I got a hand cycle that, that you power with your arms. Um, it, it was a six month process. Like when the paperwork went in to where you finally got approved to where you finally got the bike mm-hmm. and the paperwork went in during the fall winter. And I got the bike in the spring Perfect. during that time. I was able to get one through Craigslist. I met another veteran who had a, a recumbent bike. Um, we kind of took over the logistics planning. Um, we changed some things up. We went from Fort Collins to Omaha. Uh, we did it in, it it was our, our nonprofit kicked off like, uh, a month before all this stuff. We got the official paperwork that we are a nonprofit. We raised uh, enough money to, to, for the whole ride. Uh, and then we were able to raise, I believe it was just over four thousand dollars, and we gave it to another veteran that had just lost his wife to brain cancer as well. Uh-huh. Um, like I had never done any of this before. Yeah. Uh, I remember, like we did multiple hundred mile rides back to back, which wow. I had never done before. Um, wow! It was yeah, it was uh, truly one of the most amazing things that i i've ever done and the route took us through Kearney, nebraska where where i lived at with with brandy it went through central city nebraska where she was from and where she's buried at um and we ended at the university of nebraska med center in omaha where she did all of her cancer treatments god's path and when we were done we when we when we got to the uh, hospital, we're at 590 miles. Our hotel was across the Missouri River in Council Bluffs, uh-huh. and it was just another 10 miles away. And we looked at each other and like, let's make it an even 600. And yes. that's what was really cool is that like once we pulled into that uh, hotel, we we pretty much hit 600 miles right on the nose. Wow. Um, which is was just an amazing. Uh, the whole trip was just awesome. Um, me, my my friend Dustin, and uh, another guy um, was our our sad driver, and uh, so that's kind of how Be Bold. Uh, yeah, our first big event that we had. Um, I really rehabilitated myself through boxing. Um, mm-hmm. Ryan Schultz owns Trials Martial, Martial Arts in Fort Collins. Okay, and. I started to figure out how I was going to do all this stuff again. Um, I, I think that there's no greater therapy than hitting something really hard right. in a positive environment. <laughs> there you go. Uh, I I look at it where I could have went to the bar or the gym. Either way, I was getting into a fight. Yep. And I wanted, I wanted to start to change a lot of things that I was already. I wanted to make like more positive choices mm-hmm. i wanted to and another thing is so i i joined this new group of people people with disabilities and i started learning some things that people with disabilities are three times more likely to be attacked in the united states than able-bodied people really um and that just blew me away 
And I started to look at it as like, I don't believe, honestly, it's an ability issue. I believe it's a confidence issue. And unfortunately, a lot of people that have a disability aren't very confident. Right. And I want to start to change. I want to change all of that stuff. It's it's not. It's it's not what the doctors tell you that it is. It's not because the doctors weren't telling me I could go box. Right. You know, they were telling me all the things I couldn't do. Yes. And and then I also realized that people with disabilities are the largest minority group in the world, which blew me away. Oh. The largest minority group in the world. Wow. And they the least represented. Sure. And I was just like, we need to start making some changes with that. You know, like, um, it, it just, it, it's, it's so weird to say that the loss of the leg was a blessing. Mm. It was this. I really even don't know how to explain it, but it's the biggest blessing that happened to me after all, all after everything that happened, me going through two amputations was the biggest blessing. Wow. Um, I think for one that it took me to Jesus. Amen. It, it took me because I don't know if I ever would have, would have found him my wife gave me uh britta my new wife she gave me a scripture jeremiah 29 11 and that was one scripture that that changed my life it the way that i read that was that i'm not being punished he's getting ready to level level me up yep it, it's and it's these things where you kind of have to go through it's kind of like a hazing. You're getting hazed to see if you can. It's kind of like basic training. Can you right. put up with this stuff? Can you right. put up with this? If you do, then you go to the next level. Right. And I think that he was he was he was seeing if I could go, you know, to, to that next level. And I want to show people, regardless of whatever happens to them in their lives, that with the right. I believe there's a, there's a formula to it. Yeah. You, you have to surround yourself with good people, right? You have to form a relationship with Christ. Yep. There, there's a couple things that need to happen, but, uh, sometimes, and I, and I actually believe this is the majority of the time when we go through our pain, it's leading us to our purpose. Yep. And so many times in life that once we get to those hard points, we want to quit. We don't want to be a part of it no more. It's, it's too much for us. Yep. Um, but if you can somehow keep moving forward and, and and finding the the there's a purpose that you have and you can find it through your pain, I mean it's it's so crazy. It, it makes everything worth it. Yeah. Um, I did some. Uh, I did a camp for kids with limb differences, and I met a little boy who was adopted and he was born without feet and uh, a, a part of his arm. And this little kid was so gritty. I mean, he was wrestling and grappling was the sport that we we're coaching. And we were doing like these uh, takedowns, king of the mat. If you, if you took him down, he stayed in. Mm -hmm. And this kid was like, he was supposed to, I mean, on paper, he was supposed to lose every single match, right? right? Right. He goes out there and he's got the grit. He's got this just 
he, he's got something that you can't coach into a kid. Yeah. And he's getting really, really tired too. And he's, I think he's six and he gets popped in the face and he starts crying and it's, it gets to the point where he's just like, he's, he's balling. Um, and he's more, he's just tired, you know? And so he goes off the mat and he's, he's sitting with his mom and we were kind of told not to let him go to their mom or parents like that, you know, like, let's get him back on the mat. Like, Hey, it's okay. You know? So I went over and I talked to him and, and he looks at me and he's just like, how did you lose your leg? And explaining a blood clot to a kid is is difficult. Um, So I just told him, it was just like, there was something in my leg and it, and my leg had to go. But one of the, I was just like, you know, when the coolest thing about me losing my leg was, and you know, he's like, what? And I go, I got to meet you, dude. Wow. Like, me losing my leg meant that I got to meet you. And what 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 cooler thing than that? Amen. Um, and that's why I start to look at these things is that, like, I wouldn't have met you if yeah. I wouldn't have lost my leg. Amen. We talked if I wouldn't have lost my leg. I probably wouldn't be in mixed martial arts still if I wouldn't have lost my leg. Right. Um, and that's where I look at all these blessings that's happened to me because I lost my leg. Right. And who would have ever thought that going through all of that would be a blessing? Absolutely. And that's what's so awesome about it is. And and I believe after going through this that I was more disabled when I had both of my legs. Wow. Speak to that. that Speak to that. Because that's the thing. We put so many barriers in our life. I can't. I'm not. All this stuff. You got more freedom losing that leg and have greater purpose today than with two legs thinking you could take on the world as a fully abled body. Speak to that. Well, and it's it's I've done everything that I did with two legs. Like I've climbed a 14er with one leg. Wow. Um, I've done and I believe like I was my disability was between my ears before. Right. And that's where honestly, that's where everyone's the, the only disability in life is a bad attitude. Wow. That is the only disability oh. because I've looked at this as my body is a vessel and I am not, I am not. What's how am I going to word? Um, I, I have done more with one leg than I've, thought about doing with two and i don't i've done a lot of stuff with two legs um and i I believe that we're all disabled we all have something that disables us one way or another yes Uh, and what we need to do is that we need to use that disability i i call it this is my superpower i have a superpower like i i uh, I do jujitsu a lot um Speak to jujitsu because I'm a huge UFC guy now. And when people hear jujitsu, can you just tell them a little bit about that art, that craft? Because it's an incredible fighting skill. Go ahead with jujitsu because that speaks into be bold, adaptive living, and all the different things that veterans can still do. Don't care what the amputation is. Yeah. Uh, so jujitsu is – so I wrestled growing up. Yeah. And it's, it's the same but different. Um, and what I love about it is like, I have a very nice prosthetic leg. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the best that's on the market, but what's so beautiful about jujitsu is I get to set that on the wall. I get to take my leg off the body that God gave me and go out and, and find all these benefits of not having a leg, even to the point where they joke around with me in the gym. Like they say, I cheat. 
<laughs> and I and it's just like I love it. I love it because I've been able to take something that's been told to me to be this disability that right. I can't do this and I can't do that. And oh yeah, here's your handicap parking placard. Right. Um, you know, go go uh take a you know, like go sit in the corner and watch your thumbs. Right. Yeah. You know, and it was just kinda like no, this is not the way. I'm not going out like this. Right. I am not going out like this. Yeah. And what's so crazy to even think that we're in 2023 and there's things that need to be pioneered. Yeah. And, and like right now, what we're trying to do, me and a group of guys here in the United States, a big group in Brazil, we're trying to get jujitsu in the Paralympics. Wow. Awesome. And I've been able to be a part of uh, a traveling para jujitsu team. Um, we we all met in L.A. Um, and kind of started the team in a sense. Uh, I went to London and Abu Dhabi uh, and Sweden uh, and competed in world tournaments. Right now we're looking at um, there's the World Combat Games and they're going to introduce jiu-jitsu as a – or excuse me, para-jiu-jitsu as one of their sports. Cool. And that would be in October. And then uh, the UAE JJF will have their world tournament in November, um, wow. awesome. which is, again, I've seen every single ability on the mats. You name it, they're on the mats doing it. Um, and that's what I love about martial arts in general. It is so adaptable. I don't yeah. care who you are. I don't care what your issue is. We can do it. We will figure a way out to do it. And it's it's so awesome to see when people come in, and they usually they're pretty they don't if they don't want to come in and put the gloves on that's that's kind of a hard sell. But once I get the gloves on them, the smile comes on their face. Awesome. And once they get that smile is on their face, I know I got them. <laughs> and uh, they they start to see all of these benefits of, oh. of what we're doing, and then. I think that they surprise themselves on how adaptable that they are. I mean, humans are such an adaptable creature. We don't even understand right. how adaptable and resilient that we can be. And, and and it's almost the opposite now, unfortunately, in today's society. It's almost like we want to see how many victim badges that we can yep. put on. And Absolutely. it's just like, no, no, it's like, I'm not going to be defined by these things i'm gonna i'm going to i'm gonna use my disability as my superpower right and i'm gonna i'm gonna use it and show people that regardless of whatever situation that you're in that you can overcome anything and again it's with this 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 formula of surrounding yourself with the right people forming a relationship with christ and 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 then going out and and trying this stuff yeah, because many times I tried and failed. Yeah, and a lot of the stuff that I did is I, I learned what not to do. Right. Because um, there's no one there's there's no books that you can read to figure out how to do this because no one's doing it. Right. Exactly. And, and that's what's awesome about it is you kind of get to you have free range to create it. And Man. the way I look at it is I want to bring as many people with me. I oh, want to so bring as many people that have that, that they've thought that they can't do this or they can't do that or whatever. And it's just like, let's go get some lunch. Let's go get a coffee and we'll talk about how we're going to change your mindset. 
And that's where it all starts is changing your mindset. If I can get your, if the change, just a slight change, we can change your perspective. Yeah. And then that can start to change a lot of things. I love that. I mean, I how many people it. right now are in bondage of their own bad thinking, their own mentality of I could never. I mean, isn't that Satan telling us that you'll never do that? You can't do that. And that moment that you say, nope, I'm going to. There's this newfound freedom. And that's what you're describing is here. We are fully abled. I mean, this is what this story takes is, is we've got, we got listeners sitting there thinking their life sucks. I don't have enough money. I don't have enough of this. I don't have enough of that. I don't. I don't. I can't. And when you see somebody who has had tremendous perceived loss, even though in your case it was tremendous gain, it puts it in perspective is you got to go get this stuff right now. I mean, for your story, did you have any idea prior to 2014 that your life was going to take this path and now here you are? I mean, you could not have known that, but it's the response to this adversity, folks, that we're talking about is what's going to define you. You know, how many veterans out there right now have never heard of what you're doing right now. I mean, how do we get veterans to say, because, you know, we, what do we hear all the time is veterans are killing themselves. Death, d- they're disabled. They're having all these post, um, you know, enlistment crises. How do we get the word out to them? How do we connect them to you as well, Rustin? Because we've got to bring more people out of this I can't to I cans. No, exactly. Um, social media, however anyone can get a hold of me, I, I am, my, my phone is on me. Through uh, Facebook, Instagram, um, however. What are some of those handles, website, everything? Give it to us so that our listeners, I'll get in the show notes too. I want to make sure that if you're a family member that has a veteran, if you know of somebody through your church that just is, you know, I need some direction. I I don't have the hope that I should have. We've got to connect them to you. So give us those handles. Give us those websites. Uh, Our website is BeBoldAdaptiveLiving.com. And that's b bold Okay. Uh, adaptiveliving.com on Instagram it's be bold underscore adaptive underscore living and on Facebook it is just be dash bold awesome and you guys um, are Fort Collins yes sir Fort awesome. Collins Colorado we train at uh, trials MMA in Fort Collins that is 2649 East Mulberry Street okay um, What's really awesome about trials is that we cater to four-year-olds all the way up to 84-year-olds. Wow. So we've got little kids that are going to see, I can still have a great life. I don't look like my classmates, but by gosh, I've got some role models in my life encouraging me, strengthening me at four years old. I mean, that is is so touching to me that kids are going to see that inspiration right out of the gate. And one thing that Ryan has done, which is so awesome, is that we play worship music during class. Oh, sweet. We also have a Bible study on Tuesdays at nine o'clock in the morning at the gym. Wow. Um, it's, it's awesome. You know, and it's, some people may not look at that as the, the, the smartest business decision, but mm. what's so crazy about that, that, that it hasn't really affected no. anything. No. We, we actually probably increased the, the yeah. attendance and, and the members that come, um, we have our rock steady boxing for Parkinson's. We have a group that uh, that come in. They have Parkinson's disease, um, and it's that is some of the most. Those guys and ladies are such an inspiration to me. Yeah, um, they thank me, and they don't even understand like how how awesome it is for me 
I, I'm honored to be able to coach them. I'm honored yeah. to be to be a part of what they're doing. Yep. Um, we, like I said, we got 81, 82, 83 year olds that that come in three days a week, and and to be honest with you, it's not really about the workout. It's the community. Yeah. The fellowship. Um, it, it reminds me of Cheers. You yeah. know, like when somebody walks in, everybody hey! knows. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You know, that's what it is. And they, we all got our, you know, we all have our uh, way we greet them. And, you know, like they come in and they know that they are, they're missed too. Because like, yeah. we're like, hey, we haven't seen you in a while. Right. Or um, like Ryan and I, like we'll go, one, one lady, she, uh, she fell and broke some ribs and she was in a rehab facility and we went to go see her, uh, you know, like last week. And, uh, we had, we had, you know, we sat and had lunch with her and just talked with her. And, um, I think that it's just because that I lost my leg doesn't mean that I'm out of the adversity forest in a sense. And yeah, being 80 years old and I could have Parkinson's as well. And I just use them as an example of, of, that continuing on and and using their disability in a sense as a superpower you know yeah. it's it's really cool to see uh how they're fighting it you know like they're they're fighting this parkinson's through community activity yeah and uh it, it's it's a blessing again just to be a, a part of it and again i would i wouldn't have been in that situation if i wouldn't have lost my leg nope and, you know that's why I, everything that's happened to me since 2014 is because of the loss of the leg and you know unfortunately i've had friends that that i've met that uh that committed suicide over um and it it hurt because I know where they were at mentally. Yep. And, you know, I, I, it just, this, this is just a vessel that we have, yep. you know, it's just, it, it shouldn't define us as, a, as a man, as a person. Um, I, I like to talk to the veterans too and, and tell them like, did you ever think that your story, your testimony could be someone else's survival guide? Absolutely. You know, like it sucks that you go through these things, but how do we, how, how do we make it unsuck in a yeah. sense? Yeah. And if that's by helping people help them navigate through those times that, that you, that you had gone through Amen. Um, and, and show them that there is a light at the end of that tunnel. And Absolutely. that if you just keep pressing forward, it may not seem like it's there, but you just keep pressing forward. It, it, it will show up. It's there. And it might lead you to your purpose. That's what's so beautiful about all this is that, you know, like I never thought that I really had a purpose, especially after my wife died. My purpose yeah. was I was her caretaker. And after she had passed away, like I, I lost all purpose at all. I didn't really even know like what I was on this planet anymore to or why. Yeah. And then, then to see all of these things that are going on, you know, like in this disabled world. And I was just like, I think I got my purpose back to show these people that listen, you've been lied to for a very long time yeah. and you can do anything you want to. 
Absolutely. You're you're speaking an absolute truth. And folks, this isn't a uh, a self-help book. Uh, This isn't a Tony Robbins thing. This is actually living reality of what can happen when you take that pain and turn it into purpose. Rustin, we got about one minute left here. And I want to thank you. I want to say we support you. God bless you. We're going to continue to pray over you and your work. Uh, we will get in the show notes everywhere we can contact you. But I think what, I, what I'm hearing this is that, folks, it does not matter your current circumstances. There is a plan for you. You've got to get on mission. You've got to get it right between the ears. There is a plan that God has. And yours looks different than mine. Right. But thank God that you're not having to go through some depths of the pain that you're not ready to handle. But when it's time for you, God will put you in a position to survive that pain and make good of it. You've hit it on this this Jeremiah uh, 29. I want to thank you, sir. Give us 30 seconds here on the way out. But God bless you. I just want to say that, uh, first of all, thank you for having me. And if anyone needs to get a hold of me, please do reach out. And I, I would say if you want to take your first steps. Just pray. Yeah. Just pray. Pray out loud. Scream it. Yell it. Do whatever you need to do. He will listen and he won't judge you. Um, Amen. You will. And he will find you will start finding answers. Amen. That's what's so awesome about it. Our guest has been Rustin Hughes. We'll have the replays everywhere we go. But folks, remember this until next time. Serve God. Help others. Stay good. Goodbye. Stay connected with the show on Instagram at The Matthew Dark Show or send an email to TheMatthewDarkShow at gmail.com. Missed a show? Download any episode on Spotify. The Matthew Dark Show, live Wednesdays and Thursdays at 9 a.m. on KLZ 560 a.m.